I don't know about you, but whenever, one, whenever I hear the phrase climate change or the word sustainability, I feel a wave of guilt. That was my first thought when, a parish, when some parish leaders suggested that St. John's theme for this Lent should be sustainability. I immediately think of how much I've driven over the past week, how I said I wasn't going to buy single-use plastic, but then I did because Clorox wipes are really convenient. And I've tried using those wax things that you put over Tupperware and they leak. Sometimes, to be honest, I feel resentment. I don't want to have to think about the end of the world, and I don't want more things to do. But reading today's story from the book of Genesis has helped me to think about climate change and the call to sustainability with a little less fear and guilt. The story begins, of course, at the beginning. God creates the heavens and the earth and then humanity, a man and a woman. And God placed them in a beautiful garden where every evening in the cool of the day, God would walk with them. But as we know, humanity's original state of bliss didn't last. God had given Adam and Eve one rule. They're not to eat from one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Every other tree, just fine. All they have to do to stay in this perfect garden was to avoid the one tree. But they couldn't do it. And as soon as they ate, Adam and Eve felt ashamed. After today's reading ends, the story continues. Adam and Eve are so ashamed that they hide from God when God comes to walk with them in the garden. And when God discovers what they've done, God expels them from this beautiful garden into the desert, where, God says, they will have to produce food by the sweat of their brow and where they will struggle to relate to each other because Adam would always want to rule over Eve. <laughs> In this moment, they fall from a life of effortless joy into a life of toil and conflict. And I think it's really interesting that the original sin and its consequences are all described in terms of Adam and Eve's relationship to the garden, to the earth where they live. In the beginning, Adam and Eve live in this state of perfect harmony with the earth. All the trees naturally produce delicious food for them. The weather is so perfect that they don't even need to wear clothes because it's never too hot and never too cold. The earth provides for them effortlessly. And Adam and Eve's sin, the original sin, is refusing to live in the garden with gratitude in obedience to the pattern that God has established. They can't tolerate the fact that there is just one tree that they don't have the right to eat from, one tree that they don't have control over. In a sense, you could say that the original sin might be a desire to control and exploit every part of the natu natural world, a refusal to respect God's instruction for living in harmony with the earth. And so through their disobedience, they fall into a state of alienation. 
alienation first and foremost from God, alienation from one another as Adam tries to dominate Eve, but also alienation from the earth. Because as you notice, Adam and Eve's alienation is symbolized by their being sent out of the garden, by a fun, fundamental change in their relationship to the natural world. They go from living effortlessly in this paradise to struggling to extract the bare necessities of life from the desert. In other words, our fundamental problem as human beings, our disconnection, our alienation from God and each other, is somehow bound up in our relationship with the natural world. Our bishop, Mark Andrus, often says that our relationship with the earth is the container issue for every other issue we face as a society. What I think he means is that every issue we care about is made more complicated and more difficult by climate change, by the ways that we failed to find out how to live sustainably on the earth. If we're concerned about racism and sexism, we notice that as competition for resources gets more intense, we become more tribal and more likely to discriminate. If we're concerned about our military, about issues of war and peace, we notice that conflict throughout the earth is made worse and worse by waves of people displaced by drought and famine. Our environmental crisis isn't separate from our political crisis or our spiritual crisis. All, they're all parts of the same thing. That's why sustainability is such a profound Lenten theme. The Adam and Eve story suggests that our alienation from the earth and our alienation from God are bound up together. Now, if you're still listening, you might be saying to yourself, Ginger, you promised that you would make me less anxious. But bear with me for a second. So if our environmental crisis and our spiritual crisis are sort of two sides of the same coin, that means that if we grow spiritually, we also grow in our ability to live lightly and sustainably on the earth. And the habits that we need to live more sustainably, habits like living simply, consuming less, considering the effects of our decision on others, those same habits help us grow spiritually. And more than helping us grow spiritually, they might alleviate some of the pain we feel, some of the anxiety and sense of disconnection that characterize modern life. And I find that hopeful, that the work we need to do as a community to face our climate crisis is also work that will lead to spiritual healing, work that will help people not only in 20 years or 100 years, but right now. And I also feel hope because I have no idea what to do about climate change, but we as a community, we do know something about spiritual life. We have tools as a community for facing spiritual crisis. Over thousands of years of history, Christians have developed tools and practices that are designed to heal alienation and brokenness. Tools like prayer, like meditation, like meeting together with other people so that we stay focused and encouraged and energized. Practices like confessing our sins and seeking forgiveness. 
As Christians, we know what it feels like to fall, to dust ourselves off, to get up and try again. And we know what it feels like to have God give us strength to do something that we didn't think we could do. These are tools that we will need as a culture to face what's ahead, whatever it is. And those tools are here in communities of faith, and that gives me hope. Our alienation from the earth and our alienation from God are bound up with one another. And as we seek to heal and sustain creation, we might just find some healing for ourselves. And so this Lent, I invite you to consider one thing that you can do to live more sustainably. And then to take time to meditate on how that environmental practice might connect to your relationship with God. And how in living more sustainably, you're not just adding another thing to a long list of things to do, but rather taking one step closer to the God of all creation.